You're listening to an all-new Compassion Radio 360. I think it's Friday. It means Compassion Radio's 360 program. we got a brand new one for you this week. And it's one of the strangest stories I think we've read <laughs> that inspired this broadcast. But we're going to unpack this one and see if there's any spiritual lesson to be found in this. But it was so bizarre because there's nothing bad about the story. First of all, just introduce to us the concept. This story is about a man named Soji Morimoto who lives in Japan, and he does nothing. Professionally. Professionally. He's a professional do-nothinger. <laughs> so. But it's not really nothing. It right. appears that way. That's, yeah. that's the conceit of the article. What does he do or not do that does what he does? <laughs> so he used to be in publishing and worked for a booking publishing kind of company. Was often teased that he just didn't do anything with such ease. So he got to thinking... What would it be like to just do nothing and get paid for it? So he began to do a little research about it. And he was talking to some people who were wanting to go to a movie or go to a show, but they didn't want to go by themselves, Mm -hmm. but they didn't have anybody to go with them. And he was like, I could go with them. So he began to hire himself out to do nothing. Yeah, this is not nothing, but it is odd to think about yourself being rented out to people you don't even know to be the other person in the room. Yeah, he basically rents himself out to be a companion, to be someone who will just go to a park. Like one of the guys wanted to ride a seesaw and didn't have any friends that would do that with him. So he hired Soji to go with him and play on the seesaw. Okay. Yeah, another, which was really sad to me, another wanted someone to wave goodbye to them as they were getting on a train to go on a trip. And he had no one to do that. So Soji went to the train station and waved goodbye and was smiling and, you know, sending them off on their trip, you know, helped them feel better about it. We could unpack all kinds of things about the state of loneliness or anxiety in the world or just the distance we feel like after the age of COVID here. A lot of things emotionally have been disrupted in a whole generation of people. But because we're in Japan here with this story, there's been a decline systematically in that nation over the past two generations or more of decreasing childbirth. Right. There are far fewer babies being born than people do live to be very old in Japan because they're very healthy in general. But there's an an emptying out happening Mm -hmm. within that country. you got to think there's going to be some consequence to the individual's experience of being in a society that seems to be hollowed out. Mm -hmm. As good as they've got it, and they have some of the highest standards of living on the planet, that doesn't mean you have the sense of community. Right. Now, it seems to me like the people that would hang out with you that you wouldn't even need to talk to would be the people that really know you best like your family or the best friend you've had since you were a child. Mm-hmm. To have them around is comforting because you know that they know you. They don't have to talk endlessly to try to entertain them. There's no burden on you just to be with them. That's just being comfortable with a friend. Now, in some ways, he's being like the best friend. Right. He's being comfortable just being there without having to talk. So he's not a jabbery kind of guy. In fact, he's known for just being the quiet one. Right. And he's escorted people to funerals. He's been with them for formal dinners or gone to the movie theaters. And he's found a way to actually make that a marketable time product. Mm-hmm. How much does he make per appointment? About $71. That could be an hour or two. Yeah. So it's not an outrageous amount per hour, but it's pretty good. If somebody wants him to go to dinner, they buy the dinner yep. and all that, and then pay him the $71. And In addition to the dinner. And he has yeah. dinner with them. If they want to visit, 
he'll talk to them. If they don't, he just is on his phone or reading or whatever. Most of us have extended family, and probably I would say the majority of people in our country would have more than one sibling. And Japan, of course, being far more toward the elderly side of the spectrum, fewer young people are around. There's got to be a sense of loneliness involved with this. So he's provided a solution which is very technical. You can hire him out because he's a professional at this now. <laughs> he's had a lot of experience. There's no embarrassment for him to do this. I would think he kind of transfers some of that courage to face things alone by being the one who is with many people who are alone. Mm -hmm. He knows how to be with them. Yeah. So people can trust that when he's with them, he's not going to make it awkward for them. It's worth the money to have somebody in the room that knows how to be a companion appropriately. Right, right. Well, he has about a quarter of a million followers on Twitter. Wow. And that's where he primarily gets most of his clients is from his Twitter page. And he has a lot of repeat clients. Mm. There's one that has hired him over 200 times, almost 300 times this person <laughs> has hired him. Yeah to do various things, to go to dinner, to go to a movie, to just hang out at a park or whatever they want to do. He doesn't do certain things. He won't do anything of a sexual nature. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yes. He won't move your furniture. Okay. <laughs> and he's not going to break his back for right, you. Right. And he won't go on trips, like long, far off trips, yeah. because he has a family there that he supports. And he supports his family doing this job. Yeah. So it's very interesting to me that someone could hire themselves out as a companion in this way and actually support their family. It speaks to what you were saying, honey, the loneliness yeah. of the country in general. So right now he's just doing it in Japan. And I haven't found any other places that someone's doing this, although they could be. I don't know. But. I can imagine franchising this thing. You find the people <laughs> have the right kind of skill set, the right kind of uh, personality mm -hmm. that can handle being situations that are unfamiliar to them without feeling awkward or uptight. Yeah. You're relaxed enough. I really do believe this is a, a skill set. Great spiritual directors like you're becoming here as you graduate with your program this year and trained counselors. They've learned how to be available to those who need people to be with them while they're going through difficult things. Mm -hmm. So they train for this. They have a skill set to help people deal with where they are and to visualize the things they want to become or places they want to go in their lives mm -hmm. and make it possible for them to explore that without fear. Right. right. There's got to be something about this guy's persona that people feel comfortable enough with him to say, yeah, he gets it. He just knows that to be here is enough sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me of many times you and I have discussed about traveling. Why do we bother as Compassion Radio actually going to countries when we just get the reports that people get on the phone with us and tell us what's going on over there? Mm -hmm. And we find frequently that showing up is the biggest ministry of all. Yeah, We call it the ministry of showing up often. Somehow being willing to go to places and cross the barrier to go to people where they are means the world to them sometimes. Learning how to accept hospitality from people in their own country when you, thinking about your Western perspective, they can't afford to house me, they can't afford to feed me. And yet when I come there, they joy in this. Yeah. And they insist on it. Often. They are thrilled learning how to humble ourselves and say, we need to accept the hospitality because that's God speaking to us. Yeah. And it's God speaking through them and giving them agency, giving them power to be the ones who give. So many people really do want to be givers. They want to be present. They want to be mm -hmm. available to you. And they're very curious. They want to know what your life is like. They want to know your story. Yeah. Much like we like those stories from our many people we visit with around the world. It is a joy for us just to be able to sit in the same room and hear people tell what God's been doing in their lives. Yeah. So that people back here can know that God is in fact busy. 
He's doing things. He's making a difference in the world and individual lives around the world every day. This really speaks to the heart of what people's perceived needs are. Oftentimes we think that when someone is in a situation where they're grieving or where they've lost something or they're just lonely, that they need me to do something for them. They need conversation. They need to be drawn out of their loneliness or whatever. But I think this guy's he's onto something. Sometimes people just need you to be with them. Yes. Well, you, you and I have read many books about how to deal with grief and how you don't want answers from right. people. You don't want people quoting the Bible to you left and right because you're in grief. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be preached at. And people that are not in your grief don't know what to do. They feel like if I just give you a little good word, it'll somehow encourage you. And so we feel like we've got to do something or speak something or be something. And the person who's going through things often says, I just want to be. Yeah. If you want to be here with me, do. But be quiet. Yeah. But they don't know how to say that. They don't. But in the books, they write it out saying, this is how grief works. Yeah. You being present is helpful. You pushing words at me does not. Yeah. And that's been said so many times in so many different ways in so many great books. It's a universal truth, I think, that there's a spiritual connection that could be made in silence that nothing else can do. Yeah. Tumult, loud noise, the banging cymbals or the thunderstorms. After all that has played out, and we've got nothing left, and there's nothing but silence. We've got no words of our own. Somehow, we can experience God whispering to us. I think this is great to say those things are possible in the kingdom realm. Mm -hmm. We talk, obviously, from a kingdom perspective and what it means to serve in the kingdom of God and to be part of that kingdom and to be an agent of grace and mercy within that kingdom setting. I believe, too, though, honey, that we need to take this not outside of the kingdom because we are in the kingdom. We are kingdom people. But to take this to the world that doesn't live within the same kingdom, doesn't understand it, doesn't know it yet. Take this to them and say, I am willing Mm. to just be with you, to just sit with you like this gentleman does. Do you want to talk? Let's talk. We'll chat. We'll eat dinner. Or we'll just be quiet. One young gal had gone on a trip to India and bought a beautiful sari. What they wear in India, many of the women still wear these beautiful saris, Mm. ornately decorated. So she'd gotten this and she wanted to wear it out in public. Mm. But she was afraid it would embarrass her friends. Mm. Whether getting Bibles into closed countries, relief supplies into dangerous refugee camps, or providing training in theology books to barefoot pastors as they begin their ministry, these are all the kind of things that we love to share with you every day. And more importantly, they're the kind of things we like to do. Will you help us get ready for the next Big Faith Challenges and Opportunities of this year? Your gift today will provide the means for us to begin some new initiatives with our Bible and relief partners that reach farther than we've ever gone before. Here's how. The first and best way to reach us is through our website, CompassionRadio.com. It's available 24-7. Our safe and secure order form there will get your gift to the places needed most and we'll do it right away. You can also support us with a call during Pacific Time business hours at 1-800-868-2478. That's 1-800-868-2478. You can also text COMPASSION to 53445 to give right through your phone no matter where you are. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877.
However you give, we'd love to hear more about why you believe in Compassion Radio. We so much value your messages and letters. And know this, your gift is deeply appreciated. Thank you for loving us in this way. One young gal had gone on a trip to India and bought a beautiful sari. What they wear in India, many of the women still wear these beautiful saris, ornately decorated. So she'd gotten this and she wanted to wear it out in public. Mm -hmm. But she was afraid it would embarrass her friends. Mm -hmm. In a very conservative country like Japan. Yeah, instead of going to dinner with her friends, dressed up in this sari, she hired Soji to go with her to dinner. And Mm. there's a picture of them sitting at a dinner table, having some drinks. She's got this beautiful sari on, but they're both on their phone, which is, (laughs) we see that all the time anyway. It's such a beautiful picture of just someone feeling safe Mm -hmm. to be themselves. And he is giving them space to do that. Yes, he's being paid. Yes, this is his job. Yes, people hire him. But he's giving them a safe space to just be and to experiment with this beautiful sari with other things that they want to do or to go somewhere not alone. I remember before we were married and I was living in Northern California working, I would have four days on, three days off. My three days off, sometimes I was just by myself in my apartment and I would sometimes go to the movies. And it felt very odd to me to go to the movies by myself. I learned to do it and learned to be okay with it. But it was really hard at first because Mm. I'm I'm a social person in Mm. many ways. You're a social introvert. Yes, I am a social introvert. Just used to being around people. I just like knowing that people that I know are around me and I'm not by myself necessarily. Soji provides that for people. Soji provides a safe place for people to be alone with someone. It does help that the Japanese culture is used to silences. It's not uncommon just to sit and be quiet or go to places that are are actually made to be quiet. In certain parks where there's no noise, there's still the question of the inner silence. And a lot of people can't, at least not at first, be silent with themselves. To have a companion even in the pursuit of silence can be helpful. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Like you mentioned earlier in my training as a spiritual director, learning what those silences mean for people. And oftentimes it's not a safe feeling Mm. for them. If they were treated with silence when they got in trouble as a child. Silent treatment, yeah. Yeah. Or if they have had places of very uncomfortable interactions. Giving people a safe space to explore that is so important. And it's great strengthening for your spiritual life if you can get to a place where you feel safe enough to just sit in silence, that your inner thoughts and your inner life does not invade so much that the silence is deafening. Yeah. The example you just gave, getting the silent treatment from somebody that you were supposed to respect or love, always having intense emotions about being rejected in the moment. Mm -hmm. Those kind of silences are not quiet. They are raging with an argument in your own mind. And you are consumed with the thoughts of why am I not good enough? Or why can't I talk to this person? Why can't we resolve this? A lot of people go through those kind of things. So for them, silence is not silent. Yeah, and it's not safe. Yeah. We do want to be at a place where there is safety in the quietness, where the soul can rest. And that word would be Sabbath for the Christians and for Jews that understand that cycle. There is a principle of Sabbath of being able to be okay with not doing, with not thinking too hard, without constantly having to do, do, do. It seems like this soji guy in Japan has the knack of being able to give people rest. Yeah. And be quiet enough without uncomfortableness that just being with him is soothing. 
if he was a jerk right off the bat, he wouldn't get hired twice. Right. And there were some examples in the article about this guy being hired out to be a companion for different kinds of events dozens or hundreds of times with certain clients yeah. that are just used to having him. Yeah. And you got to think, too, that after all those times together, even with the quietness or not speaking a whole lot, you get to know somebody. So there are probably clients of his that really would consider him friend at this point. Now, how do we make that pivot then, honey, to a spiritual principle that we can take away from this story? I love that it feels easy to do that for me because I feel like just providing presence for people, providing safety, a place that they can feel comfortable, be themselves without a lot of words. It is a hugely important part of who we are Mm. as believers. And what should be at least. And what we offer to those around us. Now, should you do this to get paid? No, I don't think so. (laughs) I think it should be something that you do. Unless you need a job, yeah. Something that you do as a friend or just as a person that's available. But yeah, I think it's easy to transition that and to say, this is the kind of life that God really does call us to. He does call us to be a friend of the friendless and a helper to those who are helpless. Hope for those who don't have hope. In Proverbs and Psalms and many times throughout the wisdom literature of the Bible, we are shown if you want something, be something. Right. If you want friends, you want to be known as a friend, then show yourself to be a friend. Mm -hmm. Be friendly. Yeah. How simple is that little dualism is? It's a deep truth. We ought to contemplate here. What would it require for me to be the kind of person that people would find is a worthy friend? And the Word of God challenges us to go find that out. Figure out what it is about the way God made you that you could in turn use to befriend somebody, not to preach at them, not to convert them, not to whatever them, Mm -hmm. but to be Jesus in that situation. It does seem to me that so many encounters that we read about Jesus in the Bible, he's listening. He's not talking. The individual stories of encounters with Jesus usually seem to me start with something happening that Jesus observes quietly and waits. He's got all kinds of wisdom buzzing around his brain, I'm sure of that. But it's not the words that he's thinking in his own brain that is important to him as the person in front of him. Mm -hmm. Well, I love this so many times before Jesus healed someone. Yeah. He would say to them, what do you want me to do for you? As a genuine request, as a genuine question, an honest question, what do you want me to do for you? And I think Jesus is asking that of us every day of our (laughs) lives. What do you want me to do for you? And giving us a safe place to explore that. And Jesus wants to use me and you as that agent of safety. What do they want Jesus to do for them? We talk about that prayer that you and I pray, that we pray and we encourage others to pray it. Ask God, what does he want you to know about this? And Jesus is saying, ask me what you want me to do about this, (laughs) because I I got something for you, but I want to know what's in your heart, because that's important. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and a God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with a comfort with which we ourselves are comforted constantly mm-hmm. by God. Yeah. In other words, is there ever a thing that God gives us that's good that he doesn't expect us to in turn give to others? Yeah, I don't think so. I think every good and perfect thing from the Father of Lights that he gives to us as a free gift is meant to be paid forward. I really do believe that. Yeah. That does not mean we have to run outside immediately and start throwing gift bombs at everybody or saying <laughs> God loves you constantly. But we do have to love people the way he loves us. 
Well, oftentimes our words are not enough. Sometimes our words get in the way. Our words are in the way. It's like I was reading on Facebook today of my Facebook memories. There you go. And our youngest son, when he was, I don't know, maybe four years old, said to you, Daddy, I had something to say to you, but you had so many words, I forgot what mine were. Yes, friends, you can laugh at that one. And yes, I know it's an indictment of me. But sometimes we do. We think we have to just pontificate on things. We have to explain ourselves or we have to give words of comfort or words of solace or whatever we have to offer. And we have to speak and speak and speak. And sometimes we just need to be quiet. Yeah. And I think we also have to know what our welcome is up as well. Uh, this Soji mm-hmm. knows that he's contracted for a certain amount of time. People have actually have the ability to give parameters to this. Yeah. I want you with me for this time. I don't want to have you around forever. So here's the contract. I'm going to pay you for this time to be the professional that you are, the gentleman that you are, mm-hmm. and help me through this experience. It would be helpful for us to be able to do the same thing in casual encounters with people that don't require a contract or a payment yeah. to know when our, our welcome is up. Mm. And you know when to get ourselves out of situations without having to feel like we have to stay there until we fixed everything. Yeah. You know, being present does not mean to be eternally in their living room. It means to be present at the time needed. Yeah, that's a good point. And knowing our own boundaries too. There are some things about us giving that can become compulsive, can become compulsive obsessive that we feel like we constantly have to be the one giving, 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 as if that's our only identity. People who know how to receive well know how to give well. Yeah. And they know how to be well with others. And they also know that it's okay not to be with others all the time. People that don't know their boundaries or limits are the ones that get themselves in a lot of trouble and end up alienating people when they seem to desperately want the opposite. Being comfortable with the fact that God is comfortable with us and he's not pounding at us constantly. He's with us, but he's not always demanding prime attention every single moment. That's our choice to go back to him and say, God, I want to talk to you about this. And thanks for being with me in these things and having that conversation with him because we know he's there. Mm -hmm. But God is not trying to get our attention constantly because he needs our attention. He just knows that it's good for us to be in conversation and in the same room with him. So even God knows how to be a gentleman and pull back until you say it's time to talk about something. We all learn a little bit from that, I think. Well, in Isaiah, he says that returning to rest, you'll be saved. And in quietness and confidence is your strength. And so God is saying to us, you don't have to make a lot of noise. The stillness, the quietness, and the confidence of my presence and the rest that I give you, that's where your strength is going to come from. And that's where we got to wrap it up for this Compassion Radio 360. Uh, These programs are all about trying to find God in the interesting or the oddball or offbeat stories that we see in the world around us. But we do want to be christ in the world the way he wants us to be. So we challenge you, friends. Ask God what he wants for you to know, what he has for you to be, where he wants you to go, and what he wants you to do. You can't ask those things. We'll see you next Monday for the next Compassion Radio's Chasing the Word. Lord, since the day I saw you first My soul was satisfied And yet, because I see in part, I'm searching more to find. Enter my sea, oh Jesus, enter.
Whether getting Bibles into closed countries, relief supplies into dangerous refugee camps, or providing training and theology books to barefoot pastors as they begin their ministry, these are all the kind of things that we love to share with you every day. And more importantly, they're the kind of things we like to do. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Or give online at CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.